A tremendous Tuesday to each of you, and welcome to the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. The rivalry continues tonight, quote-unquote rivalry, as the Grizzlies head to New Orleans to face against the New Orleans Pelicans. But we're going to retrace the rivalry from when it really began on the night of the 2019 draft lottery and how both the Grizzlies and Pelicans have certainly taken interesting and definitely different paths to where they currently are. Plus, previewing their matchup tonight here on the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. Here we go. You are Locked On Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. A terrific Tuesday to each of you. Welcome to the Locked Up Grizzlies podcast, wherever you are, wherever you're listening, and wherever you're watching. You can find myself, Sean Coleman, at StatsSAC on Twitter. I'm a credential media member with the Grizzlies, having covered the Grizzlies for over four years. Right over, right for them over at Grizzly, about them over at Grizzly Bear Blues. Your host here at Locked On Grizzlies, your Grizzlies every day. Of course, you can find the podcast at Locked On Grizz on Twitter, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, the Odyssey app, free on all platforms, and right here on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button below. Let us know what you think of the show, but also it allows others to find the show. So make sure you hit the comment section. Let us know your feedback. Always wanting to provide content that is relevant to our listeners' preferences. And, of course, we want to thank you for making Locked On Grizzlies your first listen of the day. So a really exciting time when it comes to the Memphis Grizzlies. Yes, I keep saying that, obviously, because of how much the Grizzlies are winning, but we're getting to the middle of February. We've got now passed the 2022 NBA trade deadline, and as a little bit of a foreshadowing, as a little bit of a starting point for both these teams, that is a good indicator of how these teams have operated over the past few years. The 2022 trade deadline included the Grizzlies not really making any moves, but also the Pelicans making one of the bigger moves in bringing in C.J. McCollum. I'll I'll bring that into uh, light in just a second. But it's an exciting time for the Grizzlies as they have two games left in what would be considered the first half of this 2021-2022 season. Tonight against the Pelicans and then tomorrow night at home against the Trailblazers. An interesting thing to watch, and we'll discuss this a bit later in the episode, will be Ja Morant's health. Obviously, the Grizzlies coming off Saturday night in which Morant had a bit of an injury scare when it came to him stepping on the cameraman who was behind the basket you know, in Charlotte. He's questionable for tonight's game with ankle soreness. It'll be interesting to see how the Grizzlies navigate utilizing him tonight and tomorrow against two teams that the Grizzlies on paper should be able to be competitive against even if John Morant is limited. And I know that the All-Star festivities of this upcoming weekend may not necessarily be as important as John Morant Grant's importance to the Grizzlies, but let's also be honest, with the position that the Grizzlies are in, with the fact that the Grizzlies are going to be just fine, for instance, if they split these next two games, you know, one to one, and the fact that John Morant, you know, it's important to him to have his health in place to be able to show out during All-Star Weekend, all of those things probably play into the decision of just how much John Morant will be able to go over the next two nights. Like I say, we'll discuss that in just a moment. But before we get into the preview of the game, it's always fun 
to retrace the rivalry, you know, re, re go back and, and retrace the steps that has been the New Orleans Pelicans as well as the Memphis Grizzlies since that fateful night back in 2019 during the draft lottery. The night where both Elliot Perry and David Griffin were standing right beside each other and the, both the Pelicans and the Grizzlies unexpectedly with I think the eighth and ninth best odds respectively on that given night, they were the teams that landed the first spot and at that time, the most coveted spot of getting Zion Williamson in the 2019 draft, but also landing the number two spot and being able to get the rights to John Morant, who in the, the opinion of many was clearly the best, the second best option in that draft. And I want to say this before we get into the discussion of how the fortunes of both teams have formed over the past few years. Without a doubt, and, and, and I don't care how the rest of either John Morant or Zion Williamson's career goes from here. There should never be any doubt that Zion Williamson was the correct number one pick in the 2019 draft at the time. Don't get me wrong. Now, and going forward, it certainly seems as if John Morant was the best pick from that 2019 draft. But at the time, Zion Williamson was the right pick. It was, at the time, it should remain correct that the New Orleans Pelicans were the team that everybody felt was fortunate enough to get that number one pick, and they made the right decision to get Zion Williamson. But the thing that always stands out to me is that if you look over the first year, the, the, the rookie season of John Morant, the, the lack of a rookie season due to injury for Zion Williamson, when you look over the first year of both organizations, after the, after the Pelicans selected Zion and after the Grizzlies selected John Morant, despite the fact that the Grizzlies had an impressive rookie season or had an impressive season overall in Taylor Jenkins' first year, you know, with the with the season that Jaron Jackson Jr. had, the great rookie campaigns for John Morant and, and, and Brandon Clark, you honestly, I feel, could have talked with many of the great minds around the NBA. And I feel like that within a year, of the Grizzlies selecting John Morant and the uh, Pelicans selecting Zion Williamson, you could easily see many thinking that the Pelicans still had a better long-term future clearly than the Grizzlies. And the reason why is despite how well the Grizzlies did on the court, it was the fact that the Pelicans, along with picking Zion Williamson, they also had absolutely made out when it came to the assets from the Los Angeles, the trade with the Los Angeles Lakers when they traded Anthony Davis to LA for a bevy of picks, you know, Brandon Ingram and others coming to um New Orleans, but also after the 2019-20 season, the bevy of assets that the Pelicans then got for Jeru Holiday. So overall, yes, on the court. During John and Zion's rookie seasons, the Grizzlies certainly were the better team. They had exceeded expectations. They looked like the better team on the court. But off the court, despite all the success and, and all the positive you know, accomplishments that the Grizzlies had in forming their roster during Jaw's rookie year, it for the future, it looked like the Pelicans were going to be in place after get, making out very well when it came to getting assets for Anthony Davis and uh, Drew Holiday. But ever since then, due to injury issues with Zion Williamson, due to the fact that there's just not been a lot of continuity when it comes to their coaches, due to the fact that other roster decisions have not necessarily led to the smartest of outcomes for the Pelicans, we see 
why the Grizzlies have continued to ascend to where now they're a top five team in the NBA and the Pelicans are still having to make, make, make big trades just to simply be in position to potentially make the play-in tournament. And look at it this way. It, 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 the trades have been the big key in on many different levels to the Pelicans simply trying to remain relevant and, and somewhat competitive in the present. But trades have also been the big reason why the Grizzlies have been able to maintain their ascension to a top-five team in the NBA. But the key is, and this is where a good front office approach for the Grizzlies, hitting on draft picks, hitting on smart trades, even if there's not truly been a huge trade for the Grizzlies, besides what we'll talk about in just a moment, there haven't been a lot of huge trades for Memphis, but there's been several smaller trades. There's been several trades where the Grizzlies have made the most of their opportunity. The two biggest trades that you could say Zach Kleiman has made in his time as Grizzlies GM has been the Mike Conley trade from 2019 in which he just used that to build asset after asset after asset. And then the trade, obviously, this past offseason in which he traded Jonas Valanciunas for Steven Adams. Those have been the two biggest trades that the Grizzlies have made during Zach Kleiman's tenure, and they have absolutely shown to be smart decisions in roster construction. That They were huge reasons why the Grizzlies have built the depth that they have in order to support Jaw and Jaron and Desmond Bain and Dylan Brooks in being a top five team in the NBA. But those are several smart, smaller trades that the Grizzlies have made. Now shift the focus over to the Pelicans, who made the Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday trade to come up with these bevy of assets to go along with Zion Williamson to have one of the best outlooks moving forward in the NBA. At least many thought that. 15 to 18 months ago. But since then, the Pelicans have made other big trades. They 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 sent a first-round pick uh, to the Grizzlies to get Jonas Valanciunas. They sent out a first-round pick to get Devontae Graham from the Charlotte Hornets while letting Lonzo Ball go to the Chicago Bulls. They sent out a first-round pick recently to get C.J. McCollum. The Pelicans, though they certainly still have a very bright future when it comes to their assets, the issue is, is that despite getting all those picks from the Davis and Holiday trades, and despite the fact that they still have a lot of assets in place. The fact that the Pelicans have struggled when it comes to overall roster construction since then, though they've continued to make big trades, they're not utilizing those first round picks the best that they can because all they're trying to do is maintain is maintain being as competitive as they can be, yet it simply is not working due to injuries, due to lack of development, what have you. So the story of both of these franchises, since the Pelicans picked Zion first in 2019, and since the Grizzlies picked John ja Morant second in, 2000, second in 2019, is that the Grizzlies have made several trades, but they have drafted well, they have developed well, and they have identified talents well that mesh together that Taylor Jenkins has been able to make the most of in his time as coach. You have that plus the continuity of the front office and the coaching staff being on the same page. Whereas on the opposite end of things, injuries have played a big part in the development of Zion and others for the Pelicans, but they have not made 
the best of trades or utilize their assets in the best of ways, despite bringing in good names. They've not drafted and developed, and they've not been able to put together good defensive approaches, and they haven't had a lot of continuity between their front office and their coaching staff. So if you wanted a picture-perfect idea of how to construct a roster correctly like the Grizzlies or how to potentially not, despite making big moves, not make the most of them due to a lack of structure when it comes to roster, you know, when putting together the roster in the case of the Pelicans, you've got two examples of why chemistry at all levels of an organization for the Grizzlies, despite the fact they haven't made that big a move really outside of drafting and developing, how that really shines while despite making big moves, the lack of that chemistry at all levels of an organization, despite big moves, can really make it hard for a team to be successful when it comes to the Pelicans. And this is a big reason why, even though Zion Williamson was the right decision at the start of the 2019 draft, the Grizzlies have been the ones that have made the right decisions and now have the brighter future between both organizations moving forward. But that's off the court. And this is the more important thing when it comes to the future of both teams. But on the court, it's a bit harder to see that if you look at the rivalry over the past few years. We'll look at that in just a moment. But before we do, I want to talk with you, obviously, about BetOnline.net. You know, I talk about BetOnline quite a bit because it's a great source for you to go to when it comes to wagering and betting on sports. But in general, it remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to Olympic coverage. Since football is over and baseball, it may be a while before we see it. You do have pro and college hoops. You do have the NHL, UFC, and boxing. But regardless of what sports you cheer for or want to wager and bet on, BetOnline is the best spot for you. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Of course, we want to thank you for making Locked On Grizzlies your first listen of the day. But check, make sure you check out the Locked On Now podcast. All the latest from around the NBA when it comes to instant reactions from the local experts. Yes, the trade deadline is here and gone, but there's plenty of storylines when it comes to the fallout of trades, as well as when it comes to the 2022 NBA All-Star break for you to be to, for you to be able to have great reactions to when it comes to the local experts. Check out the Locked On Now NBA podcast. So obviously went into a pretty lengthy discussion just a second ago as to why the Grizzlies and the Pelicans, though both teams made smart decisions, in the 2019 draft. And though the Pelicans certainly seemed to, after the first year that they had Zion and the Grizzlies had Jaw, it was the Pelicans who, on paper for the future, may have had a brighter setup due to the returns they got for the trades for um, Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday. Ever since then, despite the fact that the Pelicans have continued to make bigger headline trades, it's the Grizzlies who have done everything right. And for that reason, I feel many would say it's the Grizzlies, obviously, who have a significantly brighter future than the Pelicans. But again, that's off the court. That's planning for the future. When it comes to on the court over the past few years, it's a completely different story. It absolutely is. The Grizzlies have absolutely struggled 
when it comes to the New Orleans Pelicans. One in six over Taylor Jenkins' time as the Grizzlies head coach. It's to the point where as much as you want to say the Grizzlies, when it comes to their overall record and when it comes to roster construction and putting together a future, if you want to say that it's not that the Pelicans and Grizzlies are not a rivalry off the court because of how better the Grizzlies have been when it comes to long-term success and current success in terms of both organizations, you could just as easily say in the Pelicans' favor, it's not a rivalry on the court because they're 6-1 and one since the Grizzlies drafted John Morant and Taylor Jenkins took over the Grizzlies franchise. The Pelicans are 6-1 and one against Memphis. So yes, the much more important stuff is off the court when it comes to how well the Grizzlies have put their roster together and their overall future. But it still is relevant. And to be honest with you, it's a bit frustrating that despite all the success overall that the Grizzlies have had to a much higher degree than the Pelicans have, they can't figure how to get the job done on the court. Now, things have played into this, right? Several times, the Grizzlies have been without some of their best players. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. has missed multiple games against the Pelicans. Brandon Clark as well. John Morant has been limited in a few games like he may be tonight. So certainly, there have been issues that the Grizzlies have ran into where they've not had their full assortment of players. But at the end of the day, it's the performance that has really stood out among both these teams that has allowed the Pelicans to be able to have success. And the biggest reason, the most outstanding reason as to why the Pelicans basically have outscored the Grizzlies by nearly 13 points uh, per game, or excuse me, nearly, uh, yeah, nearly 13 points per game more than the Grizzlies over these seven games is the fact that the Pelicans have shot nearly 45% from three. The Pelicans in these seven games against Memphis have made 105 threes. In other words, they are averaging 15 threes per game against the Grizzlies over the over these seven games during the John Morant and Taylor Jenkins era. In the seven games that the Pelicans have played the Grizzlies over the past two plus years, the Pelicans are averaging 15 threes per game and shooting 45% from three. The Pelicans have made 35 more threes than the Grizzlies. In other words, they're averaging five more threes per game than Memphis, and that has made the big difference. That's why you've seen so many of the, these games, like earlier this year, result in blowouts when the Grizzlies face off against the Pelicans. And the Grizzlies just have not had any answer. We've seen Eric Bledsoe, who, who, who former Grizzlies legend, former Pelicans legend, joking, all joking, aside, we've seen Eric Bledsoe have an outstanding game shooting against the Grizzlies. Brandon Ingram has had quite a bit of success against the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies just have not had any type of answer when it came to preventing the Pelicans from finding shooting success. Um, I believe that it was two years ago during the Martin Luther King Jr. game, I believe it was in 2020, the Grizzlies just could not stop the Pelicans, who I think had an historic first half, shooting from three. And then you go back to last year, it was the Pelicans late in the game being able to find their stroke from three that allowed for them to be able to secure a victory. So no matter what part of the game, the Grizzlies have faced the Pelicans. No matter what part of the game, you've just seen the Pelicans go on impressive shooting streaks, and the Grizzlies have not had any type of answer to get it done. And this is what has stood out about the Pelicans versus the Grizzlies. One other thing, despite roster construction, despite franchise continuity, despite the Grizzlies drafting and developing far better and utilizing their assets far better 
than the Pelicans have. The one thing that has stood out also on the court that has allowed for the Grizzlies overall to have much better success, especially this year, this year and last year, is the Grizzlies' ability to play defense. The Pelicans just do not play a lot of defense. The Grizzlies certainly do, and that's why they've been able to win at a much more consistent rate than the Pelicans. But that defense has not shown up in these games. It's actually been the Pelicans who have played better defense than the Grizzlies have. So it's almost as if it's like a complete different 180. It's an upside down. If you are a Stranger Things fan, it's as if the Grizzlies are, are, are the world itself that we see that's all positive and all great and all that different stuff when it comes to the grander scheme of things. But then you flip the world upside down and it's an absolute nightmare when the Grizzlies face the Pelicans on the court. Obviously, this rivalry in and of itself right now is not that relevant because at the end of the day, though the Grizzlies can't seem to figure out how to find success against the Pelicans on the court, at the end of the day, all the great stuff that they've done outside of this, uh, outside of these games against the Pelicans, and in general in terms of their future, that has much more significance. And this rivalry itself, this struggles, may not be anything more than an annoyance to Grizzlies fans who just simply want to have success against a team many consider to be, quote-unquote, one of the Grizzlies' biggest rivals. But at the end of the day, the Grizzlies certainly are a team that has pride. They do want the ability to anybody, any other team that the Grizzlies face, any other team that many consider to be the Grizzlies' rival, the Grizzlies want to be able to silence any doubt. They want to be able to show that yes, they can overcome a perceived hurdle in beating a team that for some reason, despite that team being on paper lesser than the Grizzlies, the Grizzlies haven't been able to figure out. And that hopefully starts tonight. So that's the crazy thing about this rivalry. That's the crazy thing when it comes to these two organizations. On the court, it's been the Pelicans who have dominated the Grizzlies. Off the court, as I illustrated in the first part of the show, it's been the Grizzlies who have dominated the Pelicans and the much more important factors of things when it comes to the future of the organizations. But the big key overall for the Grizzlies to, to, to find out is they do need to figure out what they need to do in order to start being competitive against the Pelicans in order to start getting some wins. Because I will say this, and this is a huge Huge if for two reasons. Number one, it's due to the health of Zion Williamson, but also it's due to the fact will the Pelicans ever truly be able to figure out how to play defense. But if those two things do get figure out, it, figured out, in my opinion, the Pelicans certainly could become a team that is formidable against the Grizzlies and the rest of the NBA. Again, I think that's a big long shot. There's very little to suggest that actually is going to happen. But while the Pelicans are down right now, while they certainly are struggling, it's important for the Grizzlies, especially with the Pelicans being in their division, for the Grizzlies to figure out how to have success against them. And that starts tonight as the Grizzlies continue to find a way to want to be able to win against the Pelicans. That starts tonight as they head to New Orleans. Before we preview the game, though, I want to talk with you about Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It's an outstanding addition to your day, whether you have it in the morning for breakfast or in the afternoon as a snack. And make sure you go to Built.com right now. Not only can you choose from over 18 different flavors, but if you put in the promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your next order of Built Bar. Make sure you check out Built.com.
today. On tomorrow's edition of the Locked On Grizzlies podcast, we'll obviously recap the latest installment of this quote-unquote rivalry between the Grizzlies and the Pelicans, while also previewing the game against the, the Portland Trailblazers. Though Portland certainly has taken a bit of a step back when it comes to their competitive timeline with some of the trades that they have made. Anthony Simons and others still make this Portland team very formidable. We'll look into that in tomorrow's edition of the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. So we've established that this rivalry between the Grizzlies and the Pelicans is quite interesting. If you don't want to call it a rivalry, that's understandable. It's without a shadow of a doubt, when it comes to the more important things, the Grizzlies have certainly done much better than the Pelicans. But when it comes to on-the-court performance, head-to-head, the Pelicans have much done better than the Grizzlies. So what gives? At what point is Memphis going to be able to overcome the hump and start to figure out how to beat the Pelicans? Well, hopefully that begins tonight. But of course, the biggest factor in all of this is the availability and health of Ja Morant. Obviously, Ja did come back in the game against Charlotte and was needed to, his contributions were needed as Charlotte came back as they stormed back and made the game much closer than it should have been late. But John Moran is listed as questionable due to the health of his ankle for tonight's game. And with the Grizzlies, this being the first night on the road of a back-to-back to end the first half of the season. It would not surprise me, at the very least, if John Moran is limited and if he potentially is held out in tonight's game. It reminds me of going back to, I believe that it was it was within the first week of the 2022 calendar year, the Grizzlies had been ramping up for a very important road trip out west facing both the Clippers and and the Lakers in back-to-back games in L.A. And John Morant actually set that first game. It was the game in which Dylan Brooks got injured at the 1st of January. John Morant actually unexpectedly set out that first game against the Clippers to give him a bit of rest, to give him a, a bit of, you know, not only rest, but his body was a bit banged up just to give John Morant a bit of a day off. And it was an important turn of events because the Grizzlies wound up then performing very well against the Lakers and I believe against the Suns as well for the rest of that road trip. And you can see the Grizzlies take a similar approach tonight with the fact that they have a game tomorrow night in Memphis, the fact that this ends the first half of their season. And I do honestly think that Jaw wants to be as healthy as possible going into the All-Star game with as big of a stage it is as, as it is his first ever All-Star game and All-Star game start. The Grizzlies and Jaw Morant probably don't want to do anything to compromise his health that could limit him this weekend. Again, I know that may not be that important because you obviously feel that Jaw's contributions to the Grizzlies are much more important than they would be to the All-Star game. But let's also be honest, Jaw Morant absolutely has earned the right to be excited and the right to want to be in the best position possible for his first ever All-Star Game start. And the Grizzlies and him certainly don't want to do anything to compromise his health that could get in the way of him being able to enjoy that full experience. So John Morant's status for for tonight's game, though in a lot of times when we see players be questionable, that typically means probable for Memphis, and they do play. I do think tonight it'll be interesting to see. I think there's a relevant chance John may not play, and if he does, he'll be quite limited. Well, of course, if that's the case, that may just set this up to unfortunately be another situation where even though on paper 
the Grizzlies should clearly be the better team in this game. Without their best player, this game becomes much closer in terms of overall talent to the point that you can even see offensively New Orleans having the upper hand. Because at the end of the day, despite the fact that their record is 22-34, and despite the fact that they certainly have struggled at times on defense, this Portland offense with C.J. McCollum, Brandon Ingram, Jonas Valanciunas, Devontae Graham, and others, they can certainly have stretches where they can be very, very formidable offensively. We all know what Jonas Valanciunas can do in the paint. But now you throw in the shooting approach of a McCollum, of a, of a um, Devontae Graham, of a Brandon Ingram, both from three as well as in the mid-range. That is a very, very formidable trio of players who can get going at any time. Now, the likelihood of them getting all three getting going at the same time, it's hard to predict since they played so few minutes together. But the idea is there. There, that's the reason why this team traded for C.J. McCollum. Yes, their defense it is a bit better under Willie Green this year than it's been in the past, but at the end of the day, this New Orleans team, they want to go with a balanced offensive approach that beats you. If you try to stop one, they'll be able to go to another and be able to make the most of it. And Graham, Ingram, and McCollum can certainly be a formidable trio from deep if they're not defended. And that's going to be the big key for the Grizzlies tonight on a couple of different fronts. Number one, it's going to be doing what they can do to prevent the overall ability of the Pelicans getting hot from three. Not letting Graham or McCullum or Ingram really find a hot start to the game to get into a rhythm and be a difference-making presence when it comes to shooting the three. Because you saw how important the Grizzlies doing that against the Hornets was when they made the Hornets struggle so badly shooting the three early, even though the Grizzlies had outstanding success doing that in the first half of the game against Charlotte, Charlotte's ability to come back, the offensive power, firepower that they showed, they showed that ability in the second half of the game against the Grizzlies on Saturday. The Grizzlies want to prevent, or they at least want to, at the first of the game, stop the Pelicans from having success to minimize the impact of them eventually getting going. Because at some point, it's likely that the Pelicans are going to have a successful stretch shooting the three with Graham McCullum and Ingram in the lineup. For the Grizzlies, the importance is minimizing that stretch as much as possible while also, especially to start the game, defending the three as well as they can. Because the other thing that stands out is this, is that preventing threes from happening are going to be even more important in tonight's game because the New Orleans Pelicans are the best team in the league when it comes to limiting opponents' offensive rebounds. Obviously, a big reason why, as we all know, is Jonas Valanciunas. I'm not saying that Jonas Valanciunas is just going to absolutely go off against Steven Adams, but I will say that the Grizzlies' usual advantage when it came to their ability to get offensive rebounds, that tonight is likely going to be negated with how good Jonas himself is at getting rebounds. The Grizzlies should still be able to have offense turned into defense. The Grizzlies should still be able to get on on the run against the Pelicans. But the Grizzlies' three-point defense is going to be even critical tonight, obviously because of the talent that the Pelicans have on the outside, obviously because of the fact that the Grizzlies' ability to win the possession edge may be a bit negated tonight with how good Jonas is on the boards, but also if the Grizzlies themselves 
cannot find success from three, that's going to make it even more important for them to be able to stop the Pelicans. Because again, ever since Taylor Jenkins took over the coaching job for the Grizzlies in the seven games that the Grizzlies have faced the Pelicans under Taylor Jenkins, the Pelicans are shooting 45% from three overall in those seven games and are averaging five more threes per game than the Grizzlies. That's what's going to be the key tonight for Memphis. Three-point defense and three-point offense. If they can find their rhythm early while making it hard for the Pelicans to get in the rhythm early, that's really going to play into the Grizzlies' favor. And this is especially important if John Morant himself is either limited or does not play. So overall, this certainly is a fun rivalry to discuss. It is fun to sit here and in the grander scheme of things, talk about how much better the Grizzlies have been and they seem to will be than the Pelicans moving forward. But on the court, it also is kind of an annoyance to see how much the Pelicans have been successful against the Grizzlies. The key for the Grizzlies tonight is to once again show that the difference between this Grizzlies team now and Grizzlies teams of the past, even under Taylor Jenkins, this team can get the job done by playing good defense, adapting to its opponent, showing continuity, and even with John Morant injured, they can rise to the occasion. The Grizzlies can shoot the three well on their own end, plus defend the three, and hopefully they'll get a needed victory against the Pelicans tonight. At the end of the day, whether or not you want to call it a robbery, it certainly is fun matchups every time the Pelicans face the Grizzlies. To be honest with you, I certainly, at the very least, would love for it to be Zion being involved with this against Morant, for that to have been the super potential superstar rivalry for years many had hoped it would be. But at the very least, the Grizzlies just simply need to play like a team, defend the three well, shoot the three well, in order to get a needed victory for the rivalry, but also for the season against the Pelicans. Make sure to check out all the great stuff from Locked On Grizzlies over the past week. I really want to highlight the episode that we had last Monday with Richard Stamen talking about draft potential draft targets for the Grizzlies to watch over the next few months in college basketball. But you can check it all out at Locked On Grizz on Twitter, myself at StatsSEC, free on all podcast platforms, and right here on YouTube as well. Thanks so much for enjoying this edition of the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. We'll talk to you again soon.